0: What happens? Hi, today. welcome to our first show. Golly, here I go again, <laughs> screwing up the intro. Thought we, uh, thought we fixed it all in the last one. Oh man, oh. you know, we
1: don't even need to get to the names on this one. I'm just gonna say, I have to tell everybody. Mm. I love the intro. Okay, first of all, I, I, I had to switch the time today that was on me, <laughs> um, because I completely forgot that, uh, I didn't forget, I just got my schedules mixed up, but. So we get all switched up. Chase gets all switched up. He changes the time to accommodate me, which I appreciate. And then I get my camera and all everything set up, and I'm pulling up the YouTube and trying to talk to people in the chat. And all of a sudden, I hear him say hi. And I I open up my camera, and all I see is this. (laughs) I'm like, holy shit, dude. What are you doing, man? (laughs) Yeah. So you guys missed the show.
0: Well, I was just wiping so. my screen, but I was using my shirt. Yeah. yeah
1: I, I was wondering what you were going to wipe it with. That's I didn't really was.
0: I didn't really warn no. Bill. <laughs> there was no warn. No warning. Oh, uh, what's up, Bruce? Corey. Soccer mom. Cat. you yeah, we got the whole group, man. Yeah. Look at Wild you. Wad zombie. Good morning, everyone. On the West Coast. Um <laughs> gosh. Okay. I screwed up the intro, I'm so sorry I'm Captain America (laughs) (laughs) There we go, hey here we are (laughs) Welcome to the first show everyone Uh, Uh, I know, I'm so so excited to be here (laughs) We are doing the Glassman Chipper It's been a couple weeks, life has been crazy But it is so good to be back Of all the things that if we ever stop doing for a week we don't hear from it. Hey, analyzing the program is cool. Behind the programming is cool. Reprogramming is cool. But we don't hear anything if we don't do them for a little bit. But if we miss one week of this CrossFit Journal Book Club, man, do we hear yeah. in all positive of how much you guys enjoy these things. And that brings me so much joy that you guys enjoy this as much as Bill and I do. Because as much fun you guys are having...
1: It is straight up nerding out, <laughs> and I, I'm glad that we're not the only nerds when it comes to this stuff.
0: Mm, it's great. I love it. Derek, what's up? All right. So, I am. Yes. Soccer mom. So
1: <laughs> You are out of the closet. Any guesses on what room of the
0: house I'm in now? This is my son's bedroom. <laughs> Jeez, my dear. My wife is working from home today, and I was like, hey, I got to do a podcast. It's like, where are you going to be?
1: I want you to do one in your car, like in the garage. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Hey, as, as long as I got an outlet and the, the internet can reach that far, uh, I'll do it there. But she's like, are you? going I was like, I don't know, probably in the closet again. She's like, no, I got to get ready. I was like, okay. I'll just pick a different bedroom in the house then. <laughs> oh, gosh, your brother would get so mad at me. Because <laughs> when we first started doing this show, like we didn't have all this fancy equipment and but half of them was like on your cell phone and we couldn't yeah. see each other. And the echoing in my wife's office is like, it's just like wood and a, like a metal desk. Like so straight it, it was,
1: audio reverberation everywhere. Oh, I just
0: drove your brother nuts. I know. Absolutely nuts. <laughs>
1: he's a sound guy, man. He's a, he's a sound music guy.
0: I did see this. So. Bruce just put this up. It's, did you guys watch the video of Ackerman did on the level one? I did not watch it. And I, I don't know how I feel about that.
1: About him doing one, or about um, well. What, so what Ackerman, I actually didn't see it. I didn't Ackerman
0: see it. and Best um, throwing me off. while you guys? Do we switch sides? Is uh, that better? Oh, <laughs> <go>. <laughs> is um. <laughs> I guess he. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to comment. Bruce, if you've seen it more, watched it all, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I guess he went through the level one manual. Um on like a podcast. I I don't know what it was. I saw him, uh, (laughs) I saw him post it, like him in um, uh, Fern or Fernandez. um, I think it's two Jasons actually. Um, I'll just call him Fern. They do best hour of the day. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw their post and it has them going through the level one. And I I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really comment, but I, I was a little kind of like head cocked. I was like, that's really important stuff, and nothing in there isn't readily accessible through most of the CrossFit Journal articles, And but I was like, well, no, I guess anybody can. I I, I like it. Well, I'll just say that. I just don't know what he did um, because, I mean, you can download the Level 1 manual online right now. Yeah. Whoa, Heidi. Are, you, are, are we gonna have to? Don't tell Savan, you're uh cheating on him with two other dudes, <laughs> but it's good to see you. <laughs> we always Wait, see oh, you in- I,
1: I, I think the whole Jason thing, this is what my comment to that would be that if we had a little part in getting people talking about this stuff again, like you know, we started, we did the ring muscle up one, then all of a sudden, two weeks later. HQ puts out the article that we were talking about, or if other people are wanting to talk about the level one manual or whatever, whatever that stuff is, if there have been years where no one talked about this stuff, like it just no one talked about it anymore. And so if we at all were the catalyst to get people more people doing that and get people talking about the classic stuff, the virtuosity of, the mm-hmm. the wise, we do what we do, um, and the importance of those things, then cool, man. Like, all right, whatever you need to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Whatever you need to do. The more information we can put out there, because listen, it's, it's just like um, the more people know about the level one that haven't taken it, the better it is for everybody. Because you can read through it. But experiencing that with a level one staff, with a 30 to 60 people in a class, on the breakout groups, the workouts, the lunch times, the social hours, like there's nothing like it. And so if, if Jason and Fern are out there going through the level one so that people can have interest in it, because I know, Bruce, you're thinking about taking it. I, I remember um, our discussion there. I think it's awesome. Absolutely Bruce, awesome. Just take it. Yeah. Just take it. Yeah, everybody. Um, we had a couple people. That's been listening to the show that have signed up already, which I think is awesome.
1: That
0: is great. Uh, more people thinking about doing the level three, which is a big part of this is the level three is a lot of, you know, level one manual, level two manual, but a lot of CrossFit Journal, a lot of it. And the, especially the one we're going to go through today, which is the overhead lifts. Um, it's awesome. Really awesome. And uh, oh, uh, Heidi. Dang, Heidi nice. All right, Heidi. Hell yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But yeah, I think it's great. The more people doing it, honestly, if there was like six other podcasts going through the CrossFit Journal, great.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? If there's 15,000 affiliates across the world, great. Let's make it 20. If there's 1,000 podcasts going through the CrossFit Journal, great. Let's make it 2,000. Right? The more people talking about this and spreading the word, the better. I love it. I'm all for it. And I, and I want to see the uh, what Jason did. I want to see that. So today is Glassman Chipper article number, well, we've dubbed it number 11. There's really no numbers if you guys go through. I'll put the PDF here in the chat on YouTube. And I'll put the Glassman Chipper link. You guys can go through and print these out as needed there as well. And we're going to go through the overhead list. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through the article. We've got some highlighted sections. I'll even pull it up right here, right now. And as we go through this, yellow is important things. Reds are like uh, red flags or big key points to really look at. And blue are kind of those like main defining things. And when we look at the shoulder press, push press, push jerk, a lot of this is coming off the heels of our last article episode which was on the muted hip right the the fault in most shouldered overhead movements the dynamic ones push press and push jerk that detract from being efficient what's up travis good afternoon except for bill and those weirdos on the west coast good morning (laughs) (laughs) and what we're going to go through is the the three main overhead lifts the Shoulder press, the push press, and the push jerk. And as this thing starts with, is that from one to the other, is that the progression offers the opportunity to acquire some essential motor motor recruitment patterns found in sport and life, functionality, a.k.a., while greatly improving the strength in the, quote, power zone, which we'll define later, and upper body. And now when we think of functional movements, one of the main things of functional movements are things like universal motor recruitment patterns. And what that just means is things you do in, life, in the gym that replicate things you would do in your life, not, not necessarily the other way, right? What I do in life isn't going to, quote, help my push press in the gym, but if I perfect the push press in the gym, the other things that I'd be better at, mostly in sport and life, will be manifested there. Right, right. And in this power zone, the functional recruitment patterns, push, press, push jerk, have no peer among the other presses. And the reason why I put this in red, like the quote, king of the upper body lifts, aka the bench press, I feel like that was more of like a dig. <laughs> right? I
1: think that was a. a like a, like a, a tongue dig, in but cheek. A, hey guys, because what is it? What did everyone, especially back then? Yo, bro. What's your bench?
0: What's your bench?
1: What's your bench? And I would never answer that question because it's
0: terrible. No, they don't
1: ask <laughs> anything else. That was that was the, the bro handshake in the gym. Mm-hmm. Hey, bro, what's your bench? Hey, can I work in with you? What's your bench?
0: <laughs> oh, Bill, <All> before, right. <laughs> before we get into that, is John gotta see yeah. You got to meet him in person at the Rogue Invitational. Oh, sweet. He's in Germany. He's stationed over there and came in for the Rogue Invitational, so it was really cool to see him.
1: Yeah, that's super cool. Way but, to go, John.
0: Yeah, but you're right. It was, um, that was it. That was like your clout, your currency in the global yeah. gym. That was it. Imagine that. Imagine that being the only like litmus test of your fitness <laughs> or your worth <laughs> in a gym. One isolated barbell movement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Crazy.
1: It's so crazy. And, and I mean, in reality, like... You can do so much with that particular angle. You can do so much weight with that. That if you're talking about functionality, like when else do you need to be able to push 300 pounds off of you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like.
0: Well, if you ask Bruce Wayne, Wayne. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not not our Bruce. Well, not our Bruce. I mean the actual, like from the Batman Begins movie. I mean, no, I get it. I get it.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Like that that movement, it it has so many. You have chest, you have shoulder, you have chest, you have so many things that are going Mm -hmm. into that movement. So you can already virtually push yourself off the ground. But if you have to do anything overhead at all, Mm -hmm. like the amount of weight that you're able to move drastically drops. Mm -hmm. So to even use that, that as a lift, as a, as a litmus test, it's like, okay, well, you're just talking about like the big boys over here. Right. But you're not talking about functionality. If you're talking functionality, it's like, OK, but how much can you move overhead? Because that's I mean, OK, if you get up off the ground, all I have to be able to do is get up off the ground. But what can I put over my head? Because if I can't get this box, this laundry detergent this <laughs> yeah that dog dog a bag of food uh, uh, a bag of dog food my kid whatever up to the monkey bars mm-hmm. then they're staying down at shoulder level and that's it you know right so there's uh i, I like that they i don't want to say take a dig because i mean the i i was i was part of that whole realm right know, with your bench I, I i dig all that but uh it is a dig and it definitely i like that they go the direction of showing the importance of this because mm-hmm. it just gets left out it, just, right. it really just gets left out.
0: It does. And, and after that, it says, an athlete moves from shoulder press to push press to push jerk. The importance of the core to extremity muscle recruitment is learned and reinforced. Again, another key component of a functional movement. We talked about motor recruitment patterns. Now we're talking core extremity. And core extremity muscular recruitment is foundational to the effective and efficient performance of athletic movement, which we have been saying since starting these journal articles. And I, I just love how these things connect together mm-hmm. from one to yeah. the next, one to the next. It, it's, it really is super cool. And when we talked earlier about this power zone, right, this power zone for the upper body, power zone, as defined here, is the muscle groups comprising the power zone include the hip flexors, hip extensors, which is glute and hamstrings, spinal erectors, and quadriceps, which is amazing because we're talking about the overhead lifts, yet we just listed the most important <laughs> muscle groups as hips, glutes, back, and quads. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that is a common misconception is anytime you put something in a in a new athlete's hand is that they automatically assume it's only the arms that are going to do the work. Yes, in a shoulder press, to an extent. Yes, with a bench press. But when you talk about push press and push jerk exclusively, the more musculature that is needed to be successful in here, as well as the technique you need to do those movements correctly. And it's always fun to teach that in the gym because it's like, okay, stop using your arms so much, even though I know we're <laughs> using yeah. our arms to do this. And as I work our way down, it says, the push, press, and jerk train for and develop power and speed. Power and speed being those two middle part parts of our 10 general physical skills. It's the bridge between physical adaptation and neurological adaptation. That balance between training and and practice. The middle two that require both. The biggest bang for your buck for athletic development come from power and speed. And it even says here is power and speed are king in sport performance. And that the push, press, and jerk are performed explosively. And that is the hallmark of speed and power training. It's not just an overhead lift. Yeah. It seems so short, shouldered overhead. What's the big deal? But what I think is great is that instead of being like, oh, we have to do all these things to develop this explosiveness and power and speed, is like, yeah, guess what? Just doing a bunch of push press training or push jerk training in your programming on a weekly basis, not a daily basis, once a week, yeah. can have so much development for your athletic side and we don't even have to do sports-specific training.
1: Yeah, and the 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 fact that it's a system-based thought process rather than a isolated muscle movement thought process i mean that was especially when these things came out the way the old way was we were all doing bodybuilding lifts because that's what you did to get strong or big or whatever we thought that that equated to but you know and you said it earlier how how all of these doesn't matter what movement we're really talking about they all connect we all talk core to extremity we talk about that power zone, driving the the power through the hips, through if we're talking legs or arms or whatever it is that we're doing, but we're using the entire body as a system and maximizing and training that body to perform as a system rather than just as individual pieces and then try to put it all together. And and you're right, It it is so interesting that here we are talking about shoulder to overhead but we're not talking about shouldered overhead. That's (laughs) where the barbell moves, but we're talking about the body doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Exploding from the midline, exploding from the midline or that power zone. It's really cool.
0: I love it. I love it. And then finally at the end of the first page is mastering these progressions, right, and talking about faults here, the major mechanical fault is which we talked about in the previous article, which is the muted hip or the pelvis chasing the leg, during hip flexion And at the end it says This fault is searched and destroyed So if you have a major mechanical fault With hip extension Just focusing on something as simple as a push press The push press performed Under great stress Is the perfect tool To conjure up this performance Wrecker So it can be eliminated
1: How crazy is that
0: Push press I mean it's so simple Yet it's not easy and I mean, how often do we say that with a lot of things in CrossFit? Very simple con- concept: functional I movements that- executed high or uh, work. You know, like the work capacity across broad times and modal domains. Okay, that's really a simple concept, right? But to put that together from a programmer perspective, not necessarily easy, right? Well, in the
1: f- in the physical aspect of that, is you're right. You can do that to build that up, just like what you were talking about, or if you see how it will call out your deficiencies. What I think is really fun to watch when you're watching athletes go through their training and go through their, their set for the day or whatever is they will reach a point where the weight starts to get a a heavy enough and they are tired enough that they aren't actually thinking I'm trying to move with this, with my arms anymore. And their body reverts into how can I do this as efficiently as possible? So now if we're doing push press i mean we could push pressure push jerk whichever mm-hmm. when you move to the push press you you will see that athlete you'll see that that client now start to move more with their hips because they have to because they can't just muscle it with their arms anymore right and then you start to see the the priority of all right where should this movement be emanating from where does it start from yes the movement is at the shoulders overhead but If I just do that, or I don't have full hip explosiveness or, or full hip opening, then that barbell is not going to move. So the only way I can do it is the body figures it out that like, okay, well, I need to get a bigger jump. I need to open up my hips more explosively, more powerfully, get more extension to move that bar more to get it up overhead. And I, it's just really cool to watch that. And they don't even know that it's happening. Right. It just starts to happen. Because mm-hmm. the body, like that innate knowledge that the body has is how can I most efficiently work to get this work done, to get this thing up overhead or whatever the, the, the issue is. Yeah. And it's really fun to watch. It's really neat to watch that kind of like play
0: out. It is. And, and, I, and I love that because it naturally takes care of itself. Yeah. And that's the cool part is like, okay, well, how do I work this? It's like, uh, okay, so sit on the floor and do a bunch of like barbell glute bridges and extend your hips. And then let's do these like jump, broad jump training or from a a seated position, jump from it's like, no, 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 let's just do some push press. And and, (laughs) and towards the end of this article, which we'll we'll get to here in a second is actually have some drills or some challenges for athletes, which I think is, I've never seen or remember that I'm very excited about. All right, so let's just go quickly through the mechanics of our three presses overhead that we're talking about. Shoulder press. Now, the big thing here that I'll tell people is this is creating, obviously, that strict upper body strength that one needs, but it's also developing the bar path. And I think that's the biggest thing for the strict press itself is, okay, other than really a underutilized upper body strengthening tool, it's so simple, but since it's it's difficult to do, it's almost like training gymnastics. Huh. Like in my head is like, okay, I'm not lifting a lot of weight, but somehow this is really hard, and so now I'm frustrated, and I want to do something more exciting, right? Same thing with like regular push-ups or even handstand push-ups. To a certain extent, because there's not a lot going on, you yeah. lose interest. But I think strict press, I, what I mean, I love your opinion on that is the value of strict press just from an upper body strengthening tool i think it's often underutilized
1: I, I think because i'm from the old school of lifting where we did military press all the time i mean that was one of the if we if it was shoulder day we were always doing that so i always really liked the idea of it and understanding that like okay yes this is your strength for just the shoulders. Mm-hmm. And if I want to get big weights up and the other lifts, I need to make sure that I at least have that base foundation of strength, but you're right. I like the bar path because mm-hmm. every single time you put a, a, PVC pipe in someone's hands and you get them to drive the bar up overhead, even though you tell them chin back, a double chin. <laughs> yeah. a I mean, I'm like, I got this big old nose and I can get it back far enough so that it doesn't get hit. Like you guys got to get your faces back every time the bar goes out and around goes out and around, it goes out and around, it goes out and around. So, yeah. um, I think you're right in the idea that the, the main emphasis needs to be training the bar path, not, mm. this is super easy. I don't need to do anything. PVC pipe, whatever, here to here, there's nothing going on. Yeah. It's really spending time on where that bar is going. Because if that bar gets going out anywhere else in these bigger lifts, when you have more weight, that bar is not going overhead. Mm-hmm. You're going to push it out and it's yep. going to come down
0: or it doesn't get off your it, shoulders,
1: that's where it goes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. The, so, the thing I want to add to that is when I talk about weight training in any capacity, whether it's clean and jerk, usually I would say in the Olympic lifts because people are like, Oh, well, I don't want to lift that much weight. And my first or, or why do we need to? I was like, because it's going to make you do it right. Yeah. Because with the, like you, and that's what's building off of what you just said. We can do it wrong with a PVC pipe and still accomplish the lift. You can do it wrong with an empty barbell and accomplish, you can do it wrong with a certain amount of weight really easily until you're like that point where you just added five pounds and it feels like a hundred. Yeah. Because now you can't do it wrong anymore. Yeah. And so I say that when we're learning how to snatch or or clean is that you need to put weight on the bar because it's going to force you or teach you how to do it right. You need enough weight on the bar that it's not going to hurt you if you do it wrong, but you won't be able to do it if you don't do it right. And that's and how I usually pipe, encourage people to do more weight on the bar.
1: PVC pipe is always going to be a great default and and a great starting point because you're right. You're not going to get hurt with ounces of weight. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes for some people, they just can't feel it. Yeah. It's like, it's like trying to, it's almost like trying to teach double unders with, without any jump rope at all. I like that. Like, okay, you're jumping and your hands are moving. (laughs) You got the wrist going and they're in the right place. And your elbows are, I mean, all of the things, but it's not the movement and so you really have to have to feel what that is and and you're right you need just a just enough weight for that person for them to feel what the movement is mm-hmm. but you know going back to what you said i i i i am even now as we're going over this thinking how important the bar path is with the strict press like it doesn't even matter that you're talking strict press yep like it's it. almost, I think it's almost a better idea to put someone right up against a, uh, like a rack.
0: Mm, and yeah. The Drag that yes. so that they know
1: exactly where that bar is supposed to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like get your face out of the way and the bar is traveling straight mm-hmm. rather than, yeah, it's okay. So we're going to just do 10 reps. Cause I know you can push the bar from your shoulders to overhead. Like uh, you're, we're, we're missing the virtuosity part of that particular lift. Um, yeah. That's actually making me think even more about that even more when I when I do my stuff.
0: Now now and this is do that. Right. Now this is one thing you'll hear, especially with like push press and push jerk. Beach house just threw this up there, is that PVC pipe often doesn't give enough feedback. That's true. However, kind of counter to what I'm saying is those that need to lift a little bit more weight, not to feel how to do it right, but to force them to do it right, is, you know, we'll say this at the level one is that if you can't do it right with a PVC pipe. Relying on a barbell to do it well is not teaching you how to connect that <clears throat> that kinesthetic awareness, and what we mean by that is brain to body. Can you, without any external help, move your body in the way that you want it to move from thought? And the you know those like yeah, it's it's a lot easier to feel what I need to do with an empty bar for a push jerk than a PVC pipe. However. You need to learn how to do it without relying on weight to move better. Right. So it's, it's, but it's a balance, right? I don't, I don't look at it as black and white, but I look at it as both are needed, but don't skip the PVC pipe or don't skip the light weights and rely on weight to move better. You need to move weight better first.
1: Well, in the PVC pipe, isn't necessarily to learn the feel of the movement. It's to learn the movement. Mm -hmm right like it's bar path it's where is your body going it's allowing you to not have to not fatigue out while you're sitting there in that dip position trying to make sure that your shoulder blades are over your butt and that you're straight up and down your torso straight up and down. all of those things not getting extra fatigued for no reason it's not about the movement there, or it's not about the actual lift. It's about the movement. It's not about feeling the lift. It's about what's the track, the the tracing and the, the mm-hmm. path of the bar and mm-hmm. the body. Then it's like, okay, yes, try that because some people, I mean, I, I think I think, as in the, like the level one, you should always start at PVC pipe. Right. Yes, there will be some people. It's like, oh, if they if they're moving, but they can't feel it, okay, now let's give you a little bit. But that doesn't mean you go from like PVC pipe to like 185. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. no, find a light bar, any something. So there's just a little bit of weight so that they can mm-hmm. sense that their body can sense that, you know, a six ounces, four ounce PVC pipe is hard to sense. It is hard. That's not what Very it's for. Very hard. It's, right. That's not for that. It's mm-hmm. for bar path and understanding where your body's supposed to move and in. That's, you know, that's the training wheels right there. hmm.
0: Um, okay. So as we move for shoulder press, as we said before, it's like we have the strict strength development or that upper body strength development, but the big, big, big thing here to learn with a strict press is that bar path Yep. and you strengthen that bar path with the, with the shoulder press or strict press. And it's so important to learn that first before you move to the push press. Now with the push press, right? You have that dip drive. We're recruiting basically the rest of the body once we move into the dip drive. And that dip drive is, it's it, right? It's everything we've been talking about as far as athletic development, power and speed, it's the dip drive. And the yeah. reason why we look at that more is because you have to have perfect a timing and positioning to maximize your strength and power with the speed through the drive phase of the dip, not the dip phase. I said dry phase of the dip, or like, you know, it's not dipping fast. How, how often do you see that where people will dip faster or dip well, lower would, to try to get body, more weight over their head?
1: Yeah, they, they, they dip so fast that their body actually moves away from the bar. <laughs> yeah, right. You ever seeing that? Like, boom, and they slam into it when they come to, go to <laughs> yeah. <hop> back up.
0: <laughs> it's like, oh, I got stuck. I'm like, yes, because 225 pounds just dropped on you as you were jumping right. into it. <laughs> And with this is the reason why we say for hip extension development and power and speed is the push press is because you have to basically extend and press through without rebending the knees of the hips. So the extension that you have to develop without the push jerk, right, which we'll get to here in a second. This is why that drive phase through that dipped position, and have to extend your knees, keep them extended. Extend your hips, keep the glutes and core engaged, and then use your strength to press through with a little bit of a running start, as I'd call, to have the strength to press through that. And that's why it's so perfect for, you know, lack of a better word that they put above in developing and training hip extension.
1: Yeah, and this is honestly of of the three. When I want to do something that that um, generates strength Mm. and we're talking like just just general, just general strength, this is my favorite one because strict press like I I don't have I don't have a real good strict press. I never have. Um, I have a good jerk because I can be real efficient with my hips. Cause I can lock the, once I get the bar locked out, it's oh, great. Yeah. All i have to do is stand it up. But this one right here, the, the 50, 50 between the hips and the shoulders, right. it allows me to go really heavy and put a big demand on my shoulders. I mean, yeah, I'm getting help out of the bottom, sure. you know, with, with, with the jump, but the, the shoulder burn and the fatigue that I get on a push press mm-hmm. is like none of the other two, none of the other three. Right. Or the other two of the three, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just really like I when I think of this one, I think strength building right here, mm-hmm. full body strength building.
0: Well, I was actually about to use this as an example. That's totally true. Is that sometimes, especially in this, it's so weird because, okay, who is stronger, right? The person has the higher strict press, or the person that has the higher push jerk like, okay, if I just looked at, you know, it's like, okay, how do you answer that question? It's like, because I have, you know, I have a 200 plus strict press.
1: Crazy.
0: Right? So I am physically stronger (laughs) than, say, Justin Medeiros. Yeah, Yeah. right? But he can do a 350, 360 push jerk, and I can maybe only do 295 or 275. And it's like, okay, you can move more weight than I can, but maybe I'm stronger <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> overhead than you are, and it, and and that shows you guys the the power and and the importance of rapid hip extension when it comes to athletic and sport development, because Justin, it that. That piece, that hip extension piece, which is what the push jerk is or the push press is, he is so more well-adapted to that, that's why he can hang power clean more, back squat more, front squat more, jump higher, do more GHDs, better toes to bar, right? Because I don't actually have developed that hip extension prowess as much as Medeiros has, even though I might be physically stronger overhead. Yeah. And 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 that's the point, right? I
1: think that's the... that's like saying a, you know, uh how athletic is a power lifter. A power lifter is a strong athlete, the strongest yes. of strong that are out there. But are they athletic? I, I wouldn't say that many of them are as athletic as you would normally think. But if you take someone that can utilize their entire body, like Justin, mm-hmm. just like just exactly what you're saying about, yeah, you'll beat them in a single movement, strict power like a a strength lift. Right. But when he needs to use his whole body,
0: that system is right. the best the in the world. The system. The system. Yeah. I like that. I like that. All right. When we look at the push jerk, and I have, oh, I've got something after this. It's going to be great. The only thing we change is how we receive the bar. You're welcome, Coach B. where we rapidly change the direction of our hip from extension back to that quarter squat receiving position with the bar overhead. It requires less upper body strength and more speed and power through the hips and the midline that core to extremity, that rapid hip extension. That's where that comes into play. And so I have on this photo, let's go put it up here. On this photo, again, this is in January 2003. The one thing I put in this photo is we're missing one. A very, yeah. very yeah. important <laughs> <Wow>. photo. <laughs> <laughs> and what we should have is something in between these two, right? You have the standing tall phase, the dip phase, and the receiving phase under the bar. We need an extension drive through right that push to the balls of your feet full extension as the bar is about face level right we want more something take like that, the hips over that here.
1: first that first slide and move it on over <laughs> right
0: so i put that in there because at first i thought this was a fault photo of lack uh. of hip extension and i was like oh they just have the wrong photos in sequence because how often do you see this in the middle as a fault where people don't extend their hips through the middle all the time, all the time,
1: all the time, which have to go down fast. So you want to go down so fast that you don't open up.
0: Right. And where can you not do this to develop hip extension? The push press, right? They will always come back to the push press. Push jerk is cool. It's sexy. It's flashy. I'm up and under and I'm catching it and I feel more athletic. But if you want to develop that athleticism, that speed and power, the push presses, like, it's all coming back to the push press. Yeah. Right? And so I would say it's perfectly in the middle of the two things that we're trying to do. We're trying to be fast. We're trying to be strong. And the only way you can be good at both is develop that little guy in the middle, which is the push press. Yeah. The role, oh, I love this one. The role of the abs in the overhead list. I put athletically in blue. <laughs> <laughs> in blue, athletically, not fitnessly, right? Are CrossFitters the greatest athletes in the world? No, not on average. But if we talk about athletics in general, athletically, the abdominal's primary role is midline stabilization, not trunk flexion. How often do we hear, are we going to do abs today oh, after, after the workout's over? And I just want to claw my eyes out It's like you've been doing abs this entire time. (laughs) Right. And the abdominals, and what we say by midline stabilization is what you never want to happen while you move athletically ever is your spine to be moving (laughs) while you're doing it. And the only way you can be better at that, right, the core to extremity is to have a stronger midline so that your spine doesn't move while or, or flexing and extending while you're doing particular movements and you strengthen your abs or we'll say core or midline is both front and back as well.
1: Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Which, it's your natural belt. It's your natural yes. belt.
0: And it says here is the heavier the load, the more critical the abs roll become. And it's funny this to think about this and we'll say this at level ones is what is the most ab... Um, I don't know. The the greatest midline developing movement in CrossFit. And everyone's like, uh G C Citizen, I'm like, actually no, it's an overhead, overhead squat, squat. Right? An yep. overhead <laughs> squat. <laughs> I'm like, that makes no sense. And I'm like, yes, yeah, so well, the the amount of abdominal and ability you need to be in an overhead squat, especially for high volume or heavy reps, is beyond any other movement we have. And I have this in red. It's like it's easy to see when an athlete is not sufficiently engaging the abs in an overhead press. The body arches. So as they push their butt back or move their pelvis or their st- stomach bows out, or they're like, they're like we said, if, if that trunk flexes or extends, which means it goes back or forth or hollow or arches, it means you have really poor midline stabilization, which is not just a fault, but it's extremely dangerous. Yeah. Especially under heavy load, hanging
1: out on the weirdest joints when you when your midline just dumps out and doesn't work, Mm -hmm. doesn't isn't turned on, you your body will start to find these weird uh, joint lock positions where it just tries to stack on whatever it can do so that things stop moving, Mm -hmm. and it is such a dangerous position.
0: Very. As we move towards the summary here is that from shoulder press to push jerk, the movements become increasingly more athletic, functional, and suited for heavier loads. The power zone, we have three different power zone things, as we said before. Shoulder press, it's used for stabilization. So that's what we said, right? That midline training. And what we really love more for the strict press is that bar path development, right? You develop the bar path, then your proficiency with push press and push jerk, basically, you don't have to think about it anymore right for the push press the power zone provides not only stability but also the primary impetus in both the dip and the drive and, and especially as we said before the drive phase of a push press and the benefit you get from that type of training outweighs i would say shoulder press and push jerk combined yeah yeah And then push jerk, the power zone is called on for the dip drive and second dip and squat. And I'll get to that part, like squat, we'll get there. Mm -hmm. And the role of the hip is increased in each exercise, which is true, right? The more function you give your hip, the more that role comes into play. As you get lower, it says, okay, so this is more towards that squat portion. After mastering the push jerk, you'll find it will unconsciously displace the push press as your method of choice when going overhead. Now we don't mean that as it becomes better. But if I'm getting tired, would you rather push press this weight or push jerk this weight? That's what we're saying. Is like, yeah, I'll push jerk it because it's easier to get easier that bar over my head. Right. And that's the one thing as a coach you're looking at is as people get fatigued, that little the extra knee bend. On the push press, or that push, dr- it's like if push presses all of a sudden get more easier. Fifteen minutes into a twenty minute AMRAP, you are push jerking now. You just don't know it. <laughs> 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 and that's usually like I'll tell them before the class, like if I yell your name and say hips, stop push jerking. <laughs> right. Or yell you to yell at you to stand up. <laughs> and, and, and like I said is we're not saying is like okay yeah we've mastered it which means it'll displace the push press we're saying displace as in it's a choice not replace there's no replacing the push press as far as developing your power and speed with hip extension yeah on the back part is the second dip on the push jerk will become lower and lower as you master the technique and increase the load why because if you don't have to receive the bar Higher in the dip, you can actually put more weight over your head. And when you get a lot of novice athletes, they'll do like that push shirk and like locked knee landing. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh uh, my gosh, like, ow, ow, exactly. And then it says, as you get heavier, the upper body cannot contribute but a fraction to the movement. And that just means like once you start getting 315 on your shoulders. You know, your upper body isn't doing a lot here other than putting the bar where it needs to go and yeah. i put this in red right here at the bottom it says at which point and they wrote the catch how dare they and i put receiving <laughs> position this is the first time i've like edited any words i'm sorry greg
1: <laughs>
0: i'm sure i'm sure you understand now to be fair this was written 20 years ago <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: at the end here is that okay, the upper body cannot contribute but a fraction of the movement at which point the receiving position becomes very low and increasing the amount of the lift is accomplished by the overhead squat. Like what does that mean? How do we how do we go from push jerks to overhead squats because you'll see it in the Olympics and it's called a squat jerk. Yeah. Is that the only way they can get this weight up? is actually go all the way Lower. under. <laughs>
1: yeah, you can't push the weight, you can't jump or push the weight up any higher. The only option you have is that with that explosive hip, the bar is floating for that millisecond in the air, you are driving yourself down as low as you can to where you get your arms locked out. Because otherwise, if your arms aren't locked, you're not getting that weight. No, That just means you gotta go down really low. And that's, I think it's that's actually kind of crazy how they've gone from a split jerk um to we're seeing a lot of people doing that push jerk now mm-hmm. where they're so i mean the shoulder flexibility and stability is so powerful it right. like whatever you know plus 400 pounds mm-hmm. and everyone's dropping into a close grip overhead squat which is insane it up. it's nuts man it's so crazy
0: yeah but it's pretty cool because Okay, we've gone from the overhead lifts. We know about rapid hip extension. And now all of a sudden we bring in midline stability at its maximum when you think overhead yeah. squat like we just said earlier, which I love that they put here. <laughs> yeah. Totally. But at the same time, the the functional flexibility you need in everything, every part of your body to do a narrow grip overhead squat while dropping under a couple hundred pounds in less than a second. Yeah. Hips, shoulders, knees, ankles everything everything You can't fake an overhead squat just can't do it can't,
1: you can't fake a close grip overhead squat at all right
0: no. all right let me get to this last page I always end up screwing this part up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. under there we go <laughs> all right common push press press flaws we come back to the push press On both the push press and the jerk a critical to the entire movement. And this is what we said earlier is often not dipping in the right way. So if you look at the photos where that's that muted hip, right? There's no flexion in the hip on that second photo. Pelvis chasing the femurs. The stomach is held very tightly and the resultant turn from the dip and drive. Right? When we talk about what to fix, and this is another thing that people don't understand. The drive phase of the dip needs to be sudden explosive, and I love this word at the end because it really gets the point across, is violent. Yeah. None of none of this is out of control. None of it. But the, the intensity you need on the drive phase to get those heavier weights is really best described as that. Sudden, explosive, and violent. And I'll, I'll tell that to a lot of athletes sometimes if they're just being timid. Like, you need to get angry. Like, lift angry yeah. you just you, you, there's no other way around it you cannot passively lift anything towards your maximum potential without being somewhat aggressive and violent now again that doesn't mean out of control
1: i think i think it for some i think the word might be more like um like with intention mm-hmm because like, yeah. everyone understands explosive. It's like, oh, OK, I'm jumping, but not to the point of like, what's the purpose of this explosiveness that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I trying to do? Well, you need to get that weight off of you yeah. and moving. And if you don't do it with some massive intention, violent, whatever, like, with, you know, that, like I think it's very like when they're saying violent, it's like you said, not out of control, but very focused. Mm-hmm. You know, lifting anger—that like, that's a focused deal. I'm pissed at this weight. I'm pissed at that person. I'm pissed at whatever to get that laser focus of this object to move. And so that intention, very intentional explosiveness, um, is important. And it's weird that you need to say <clears throat> explosive and violent as them being two different things. But I, I think we've said explosive even way back then so much mm-hmm. that it almost kind of loses. Yeah it's it's meaning like if i if you say explosive that's a bomb blowing up right you know it's like how how does that not mean like how do you not get that this should be a violent movement (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i think uh you know it just really it really uh stresses that and emphasizes the fact that this is not a light easy soft movement you're not going through the motion Mm -hmm. you have to you have to physically explode this weight off of you, to either one get it moving up, or to two get yourself underneath the uh, underneath the catch it.
0: Wad visualize and attack Bobby Boucher. Actually, this is his coach. His coach told him to do that, and I can't remember the coach coach's name. <laughs> Fonz, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> call me a zoomer. <laughs> All right, as we get to the end here is two different ways to train and build your hip extension all dealing well the first one is this is great it says start with i like how they say start with 95 pounds and when i read this there's no effing way (laughs) i can do this i would say start with an empty barbell start with a weight lightweight push press or jerk 15 straight reps and then rest 30 seconds, and repeat for five sets of 15. Go up and wait only when you can pl- can complete all five sets in only 30 seconds of rest, and do not pause in any set. So not in the rack, not overhead, nothing. Just 15 unbroken push press or push jerks. And, and I'm assuming what it'd be is maybe starting at push press, and once you start to slow down, go into the jerks. But 15 reps, with a 30-second break for five sets. I don't think I can do that with 95 pounds right now.
1: That's 75 reps, dude.
0: Yes. In a matter of if you put 30 and 30, I mean, that could be five minutes, right? Five minutes. Which is insane. Oh, yes, Coach Klein. Thank you, Corey, Coach Klein. Visualize visualize an attack. (laughs) Now, the second one is pretty cool, too, is rep one shoulder press, rep two, push press, rep three, push jerk, and repeat until shoulder shoulder press is impossible. And then keep going between push press and push jerk until it says until push press and push jerk is impossible, then five more reps. Okay. So basically go strict press, push press, push jerk. And you just cycle through that complex until you can't strict press anymore and so you, then you just go push press push jerk and you do that until you can't push press anymore and then get five more reps at push jerk that is awesome
1: that's a pretty cool one
0: that is a really cool one
1: we had one that we would do we can only do four sets of it because your shoulders are so blown um but you you max out your shoulder press you max out your uh, push press and then you max out your push jerk, but you can never drop the bar. You can rest it in the rack. You can rest it overhead. But you oh yeah. It yeah. Okay. So now to do it correctly, the right way to get you in the right ballpark, you have to warm up to where you're not able to get any more mm-hmm. than four or five of the strict press okay. on the first round. Because if you are able to do more than that, then you are doing so many push press. Yeah.
0: Oh, I like like that. Like your push
1: jerk. You're just, you're just completely fatigued. So you're not like you get the elbow buckle and all that kind of Mm. stuff at that point. But if you get, if you're like, if you're like around two to three strict press, then it works out really well. Cause then you'll get, you'll get, and it's almost like what they said in the, um, in the article that there's about a 30% increase in weight and or reps as you go from one to the next to the next, mm-hmm. and so you almost see that you'll get like, I like that, you know, two to three. Then all of a sudden, you'll get um, like around nine, and mm. then you can somehow finagle your way uh, with the next jump. It's really cool, but you like at the end of it, you have no shoulders left at all. I love that. It's really fun.
0: I haven't done that with weight. God, these guys in the comments, you guys, <laughs> you do <laughs> one water boy quote. And they all I come know. back. Although <laughs> Stefan's, this is actually my favorite quote. And I like Vicky and she likes me back. <laughs> she showed me your boobies and I like them too. And I like them too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I, when I've done is I'll do it with an empty bar. And so we'll say, get to a hundred as fast as you can. Well, not as fast as you can, but it's empty bar max out strict press until you can't do anymore. And so now you have to push press. Yeah, and then you're, but you're right. You're doing it a lot. Yeah, but push press, and she can't lock it out anymore. And now you have to drop underneath it to receive that bar, and then stand Dude, up.
1: How many reps is that with the bar? It's a
0: lot, and that's why we only do one. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! That's why we only do one. But it, part of that too is, it's it it gets people like you said to the point of failure with one movement. But if you have proficiency in the next one, right? If your your hip extension is good for push press. You can do another 50 more after you totally yeah. fail on a strict press, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> right? And then once you can't finish that lockout overhead, guess what? You don't have to anymore. You drop underneath and then you stand up for the push jerks. It's a, it's a good little training thing. Although I, I like yours. I like yours. That's good. Stefan put this out here while we we're talking about these two try thises above. this is above. Is a 2023 mm-hmm. CrossFit Games event. Ooh. Yeah. And so, gosh, what could you do? What could you, I would say for simplicity's sake, which one would you pick between these of two? These
1: t- of these two? Yeah.
0: I kind of like the second one because you start to see people's like tactics. But is that, it's just, a, is the second one just a one off? Yeah.
1: The, the first one would almost have to be a, like a last man standing. Like yeah. everyone's out on the floor. Everyone starts off with 95 pounds, 65 pounds, and they go through their 15, 30 seconds rest, 15, 30 seconds. And then you see people dropping as they kind of get going. And whatever you do, you have a one-minute break in between. You'd almost have to do an EMOT. Increase the weight. Um, I, I mean, because like if you started those guys. Mm-hmm. If you start high-end athletes at 95 and 65, like they could do more than that. Right. So it would be like, okay, so you give, so they're going 75 reps, a minute rest, 75 reps, a minute rest, oh. 75 reps, a minute And you just, you increase it, you know, 95, maybe, maybe go 95, 135, 185, or maybe you don't even have to do that. Maybe you go 95, 115, 135. I mean, the reps, the the volume without that would be gnarly. Maybe maybe the second one. (laughs) But it would be fun to watch that deterioration, though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Granted, that would be one of those events that, okay, the people that win, they're going to feel that way more in the competition over. And that's what I'm kind of
0: saying. Okay, how about this? But
1: it could be really good for, like, the Open.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: God, it would be a nightmare to judge, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. Eh, you can They're get you can get it. It's ten percent. It's ten percent. Which, by the way, we go. need to talk about the uh, power ranking sometime. That oh, stuff all came out. About that. Yeah, we weren't terribly far off, though. I will say that of yeah. what I thought it could have been, I am happy with what I thought might have been. <laughs> come. But we'll we'll save that. Okay, so <laughs> so let's look at the second one. It's the shoulder press, one rep. Push press, one rep. Push-jerk. So call that a complex. Right. (sighs) What if you set the weight and you got a point for every complex you finished? So, for example, if you finish the three-part complex, you got three points every time you finished it. And then once you had to result to push, press, push jerk, you got two points for every time you finish the complex. And if you were just result, uh, like bogged down with push jerks, you got one. And then the most points wins the event. And just make it all. Shoot, make I, it 150. I, I, I like that like
1: idea. That. I think you'd have to make the full complex. I think it'd have to be like six, three and one. and the reason I say that is because if I deep if I if I'm straining to get that strict press
0: mm, okay,
1: I can save a shit ton of energy just by doing the push jerk mm-hmm. And so yes, it would take me more to do it but now if it's only a two point difference, it's not enough like I you need to be able to reward the people that are able to go all the way through that so they don't just like jump right away to the the easy most efficient movement and getting one at a time and hanging in there cuz they'll be able to hang in there a lot longer. Mm-hmm. If you do a strict press, that's going to suck the tank dry and force the other issues way more than a uh uh a, a, a jerk would do.
0: Yeah. But I like that. I like the 631. No, a I like that call. 631? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Cuz you're you're right. A, a strict press under fatigue is is way more valuable. It's like um it's like that Waterpalooza qualifier where you actually got more benefit doing the lighter weights and zero for the yeah, heavier ones. Exactly. So you put an emphasis on the importance of having that big complex. Six three one. Yeah. Uh, love it. Or one point, half point, quarter of a point. Whatever. It's the same thing. I like that. I think that would be cool because then it's just a one off. Yeah. And then maybe you, you see like uh, they could do this, but you can see everyone has like a digital scoreboard and you see how many points they've got. It's like on the, the Jumbotron and everybody's out there, right? Everyone has to be out there for this. You can't go in heats. this It's unfair. Well, it's not necessarily unfair, right? Like maybe you earned your way to the last heat, but imagine 40 men out there all at once, 40 women out there all at once. And just this scoreboard is going on. Because then, like, if I'm going in the last heat, I'm like, okay, well, I need to get 72 points. Then I'm just going to, like, figure out how to do it. But if you have no idea what anybody has, and you're just like, i got to get this one strict
1: press. (laughs) Yeah, totally.
0: (laughs) Right? And it's like, you know what? Actually, if you didn't go to failure on that one strict press and just did four more of the push press push jerks, you would have won. But figure it out. I think that would be awesome.
1: Awesome. That would be a f- that would be a cool
0: one. That would be cool. And especially if everybody could see who's like like the um like the skierg event yeah. that we had, like we could see what people were getting yeah. live. That every was fun. They,
1: every time they get every time they get their points, their little thing would move out to whatever. Yeah, like a little boat race. You could see all the little boats moving.
0: That would be so cool.
1: That would be really cool. Okay,
0: I think yeah. Number 2, good fun Event test number one, great training. Great training. Great training. In fact, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in our next training cycle. This would actually be a great, like uh, you know, oh, we tested our one rep max. Max is especially when you think about like a strict press, it's so hit and miss. Like the stars just need yeah. to align just to prove that you got stronger. <laughs> I hate it. Like, oh, I didn't get any better. I'm like, yes, you did. Like, there's no way you didn't get better in 12 weeks. You, right. Your max right. didn't go up because you went one inch out that you've never done before. Whatever, you know. But, uh, yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Yeah. <sighs> okay. It was, uh, whose idea was this? Stefan's? Last man standing? Mm, Is it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was him. Okay. Stefan. I Winner. like that. Good call. Winner. Winner 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 and yes the uh, hall of fame is going to be a great idea <laughs> one day if, if you want to make it fun if you want to do it right i think when bill and i were talking with sean about this was <clears throat> the for the 20-year anniversary of the crossfit game so they can do it right they can collect yeah. all the memorabilia they can build out the the traveling tent with all this um, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, go to Talking Eat Fitness. They had a Hall of Fame episode with me, Bill, and Sean. What, tell me, that I think he's on his honeymoon when that was going on? Yeah, yeah. We talked about a CrossFit Games Hall of Fame. That was good. All right, team. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad we got to do this. Thank y'all for hanging out. This is awesome.
1: Yeah, that was good. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm gonna. So they did this. Can't, uh... I
1: saw that. I've never seen anyone get so much like social media airtime on a candy apple. Hey,
0: for the record, all y'all shitting on Tommy, you're fucking wrong. That is the best candy in that whole game. I, am, I stand next to you, Tommy. I stand <laughs> next to you, bro. I don't care what all you people say. How dare you knock the caramel apple pop? I thought that was the best pick of the whole draft. How was that a number five? <laughs> My wife <laughs> my wife was looking at it with me because I was looking at everybody's picks and I thought were, all the picks were terrible except Tommy's fifth round pick. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean uh, is just showing his age with every single one of these like podium picks. He's like, music choices. <laughs> I was like, damn, bro. I know how old you are and what pigment of your skin is based off all of your music choices. <laughs> Or like the old man skills or like what type of like skills you would have. I'm like, you guys are all pigeonholing yourselves in these perfect stereotypes. It's
1: so funny.
0: <laughs> like, I'm surprised Sean didn't pick like malt balls. <laughs> huh?
1: Whoppers? Yeah, whoppers. I
0: was like, What?
1: Were there's originals? <laughs> yeah, it's like
0: let me guess, you like those powdery black licorice that comes in the metal tins too.
1: Almond Rokas. Basically, any
0: candy that was developed during the Great Depression is what Sean Woodland picked for the candy episode. (laughs) Uh. I cannot believe you guys are shitting on Tommy's. Apple, I I don't get it. Remember sugar daddies? Sugar babies? Sugar babies. Gosh, hey, what would you like stuck in your teeth for the next three and a half weeks? I'll take a sugar baby, please. (laughs)
1: Take, I'll take Dots and Juju Fruits. They had a
0: Jolly Ranch. Uh, yeah, I know. I would have picked Dots for you. See Juicy yep. Fruits? Yeah. Like the gum? They're the
1: same idea. They're just like a harder chew. Huh. So they really get... If you want to lose your uh, your fillings, go for those ones.
0: The, uh, well, Laffy Tattoo. No, if, it, if, it is Jolly Ranchers that'll you, rip your fillings if, out.
1: If you really... No, those don't even hold... Juju
0: Bees. Ju- oh, yes, you're right.
1: Those things will just, they'll pull your tooth right out of your <laughs> It'll You know, you'll chew in, it'll lock on, and you'll, you'll hear this, and just like your tooth popping out. Man,
0: up. what would I put in my top five? I would put in the caramel apple pop. You guys can just sit on it for that one. I don't care. Uh, Jolly Ranchers. God, what did I used to love? Shock tarts. It's like a sweet uh, tart, but it was like sour and chewy.
1: Sweet tarts are good. What about bottle caps?
0: Yeah. It's too chalky. Fun dip. Fun dip. Yes, I thought about that one too. Fun dip just reminds me of summer league swimming. Yes, and like every (laughs) eight to twelve year old's mouth is blue or green. Yep. That that or (laughs) those little sticks. Yellow. Oh god. (laughs) That was like, (laughs) basically like a children's version of cocaine. (laughs) <laughs> it's like or no it was uh you know what the cocaine really was was the uh, pixie sticks. Pixie sticks. He's got the little ones, but if you got it wet uh-huh. if that shit wasn't coming out of the pixie stick and then they had the ones that came in that that long like hula hoop. Yeah. Licorice ropes. Like
1: that that one that one was just to like literally just kill kids off right then. <laughs> it's
0: like it's how like did like we a, get ha- diabetes? That's pixie that's sticks funded. Like 32 fun
1: ounces of powdered sugar just like you just
0: Smarties. Going down your
1: throat in one shot.
0: Yes. Smarties. Smarties. That's a classic. That's a Halloween classic. Warheads. Not the hot ones. Warheads. Circus peanuts. (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised that wasn't in Sean's pick. (laughs)
1: Leather shoestrings. Grape nuts!
0: If one thing reminds me of my dad eating breakfast was him eating grape nuts or just like bran. Not raisin bran, just bran. <laughs> and
1: he couldn't hear the he probably ate them because he couldn't hear you the entire time he's eating. All I, heard was <laughs> I I just
0: remember watching him eat them so long and I got to the age where I was like, "Dad, can I try some of that?" And he goes, "Sure." And I and I took one bite and I go, "What the Rapple. fuck is What is this?" I felt like I was eating like the inside of a temperpedic mattress, but with milk. <laughs> like the foam padding of a sleeping bag is but what the, grape you nuts Is that the brand or the grape nuts? Grape nuts. Like oh. if you bit into the sponge that your mom used to clean the dishes, that is what grape nuts were. <laughs> so. Oh, where are we? Okay. Crybabies? You remember crybabies? No. They were like uh, really, really sour gumballs. Really, I would only get them from like um, like the ice cream truck.
1: Uh, what about gobstoppers?
0: Gobstoppers, jawbreakers, like the real ones that would actually break ones. your jaw if you tried to chew on it. It was like the size of a baseball and you just like put it in your mouth for tried six to get it in months.
1: Your mouth, it would last for like weeks. <laughs> and you
0: just sit there like licking it for a month <laughs> until it got down. And you like put it in foil or something because, oh, God. Disgusting. Oh, all right. That was fun. That was fun. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate you guys uh, being patient with the book club. It is back. We can't wait to do it again. Oh, what is next on the docket? We have, holy shit. It is called an interview with Coach Greg Glassman. Ooh. That is the next article. Let me put it up here for everyone. Then, in January of 2003. Two pages, but it is an interview with coach. And they're asking questions. What's wrong with fitness training today? What about aerobic conditioning? How many times should someone work out a day? What is your message for law enforcement and military spec ops? Trainers. (laughs) What other questions? What is the best way to start CrossFit? Why the CrossFit Journal? Why gymnastics, weightlifting, and Oh, my God.
1: You know, are we just gonna give like oh. uh, the CrossFit uh, the CrossFit book all kinds of like stuff to put on for their next uh, yeah on the social? I mean, they've been putting up all those videos of Greg.
0: I know, that's been cool. That's
1: that's gonna be all of these questions. Maybe we get
0: Greg on cool. the show. Yeah, right. Ooh, atomic <laughs> fireballs. Oh, Bill, your girlfriend is disgusting. Mexican candy. <laughs> Chiclets. <laughs> Mexican candy. Is that the one where like, it's like this little pop you take off and it's just like this red, like Mexican spice mix chewy thing?
1: <laughs> Dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. No. Wow. Like Lucas.
0: <laughs> you remember Lucas? Is like that salty lime stuff. That was the cocaine when I was in middle school or like elementary school. We'd take Lucas and just like lick it off your hands. <laughs> or
1: Is that like paprika and like chili dust? That's one of them. They had that
0: one. They have like the the spiced one, but they also have like just a salty one. This is yeah. Talk to your girl. (laughs) 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 All right. Thank you guys for joining us. (laughs) Now that we've completely got off the rails at the end, but that was super fun. We'll see you guys. Yes, that's it. Tangent. Yeah, the lemon lime salt. Disgusting. I know I'm trying to sign off four times. I'm just going to hit the button. Okay, bye. Have a great weekend, everyone.